listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, we got a lot to get into today. Pelicans get back into action as they take on the Denver Nuggets. Another team, another coaching hire. No, it's not your New Orleans Saints, but they have requested permission to speak to somebody that probably shouldn't surprise you. John Forcade's in studio as well. We will chat with him. Got a couple of burrows in the hour. Got some... uh you know, some fun bets to perhaps place with Rafael Esparza coming up in hour two. Marlon Favorite, The Graph, Leo Haggerty. Uh, it's a busy show. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. I always look forward to the weekend, Mr. John 4K. Do you look forward to it? How are you today? I'm doing fine. My weekends start on Monday and end on Sunday. <laughs> is, that, so, yeah. is that how it works? That's how my weekend works. When you get there, you'll find out how the retirement life is. But I'll say this, though. It, it's fun to be retired, but boy, it sure can be boring after uh, you know after a while. But uh, I'm looking forward, especially, you know, what, what we've had, what we've seen of the last two weekends in, in professional football. Mm-hmm. It's been unbelievable. It's almost like, wait a minute, we have nothing this weekend. I mean, ain't nobody watching no Pro Bowl, and but I'm looking <laughs> no, at what, watching a Pro Bowl. Uh, I think I'll, I think I'll, I, I'd rather watch a rerun of uh, I Love Lucy or something like that. Oh boy, um, got a lot to get into <laughs> since uh, I last chatted with you here as well. Obviously, the Sean Payton news. It's hard to believe it's now been a week and a couple of days. Saints still waiting. Find their new head coach, the Jaguars, Jordan Kleber, in studio today. Glad you made it back and forth with all the weather yesterday. Oh, did you see the video? I saw it. We were going 30 miles on a 70 mile an hour road. Yeah, well, you well, know, to save your lives, man. Yeah. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying. That's how bad it was. It was. Better to be safe than sorry, sorry. sir. Um, but yes, uh, another team late last night is when they decided to drop the but the Jacksonville Jags decided to go with. Doug Peterson. John, uh, he interviewed with the Saints last Sunday, and a lot of Saints fans were sort of like, hey, you know, it's kind of intriguing. Uh, he won a Super Bowl. When I looked at his roster that he won the Super Bowl with and co- sort of compared and contrasted, you know, if Michael Thomas plays with the receivers that they sort of had, I'll take Camaro over like Eric Blunt. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's, you know, I, I think I could see the fit. I, I could have seen – you keep Dennis Allen on the defensive side, things of that nature, and you bring in like that. Uh, for Jacksonville, they need probably somebody to help Trevor Lawrence, who, if you go back to finally year, Clemson's going now on his third offensive coordinator, third offense, and uh, that's just a disaster over there. But your thoughts on Peterson being the Jags head coach? Well, you know, they say that, you know, they, they, they brought him in, hopefully that he can help Lawrence and – how did he do with uh, uh, Carson Wentz over in Philadelphia? You know, he he was so quick to get rid of him uh, when he was in Philly. Um, I don't know if that's a good hire. Uh, I, I never was a, a big believer that Doug, uh, you know, was a top-notch head coach. I think he fell in the right spot, got it. Um, but you know, time will tell. I mean, they can't. They only can go up from what they what True. they had. You yeah. know, from. Uh, I never liked Urban Myers from the get-go, but we shall see. He's got NFL experience. He won a Super Bowl. I mean, all depends on what he surrounds him with. He's got to get the coaches surrounding him with. Now, you made a comment earlier saying he interviewed with the New Orleans Saints. So what's going on here right now? Because I'm trying to figure this one out. Dennis Allen did not go interview with Chicago. Mm-hmm. He he turned it down or whatever he did because I guarantee he thought, well, he, he's in line for the Saints job. Why right. go interview? So, you know, which, 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 everybody's talking about it. And – you know, you leave this guy hanging on. I understand it's all about 
the Rooney Rule. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. So, okay, so you go interview the minorities. It, it, it doesn't have to be blacks. It could be, you know, Asians, you know, anybody who's a minority, sure. uh, a female, if it may be that. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and do that, great. But but I still sit here and tell you two guys that it's going to be Dennis Allen. That's my take. It's going to be Dennis Allen. That's the smart thing to do. You can go get your good offense coordinator and, and keep things going. I think one of the things that is going to be interesting, again, now that – and that's one of the candidates that you interviewed that has gotten a job. Um, is what it, what is it that you're sort of waiting for? Now, look, I, I I guess do you do diligence? You try to get an outside in and look see as to what your team is. It's something that I look at at the beginning of the process on Monday is I I don't mind bringing in other people. How do you view our roster? Do you think we're a playoff team? And obviously, one of the three questions that you would ask, as Mickey Loomis did say on Wednesday, is. What's your vision at quarterback with this, right? So maybe that sort of gives you an idea on how other people sort of view your team, which is not a bad thing. No, I I totally agree. And another thing, too, is they interview these other coaches. If you're smart, because you might find someone, wait a second, this, you know, we got Dennis Allen, but wait a second, this guy interviewed a little bit better. Uh, He brings a little bit more to the table. Uh, Maybe he's been a head coach a few times in the NFL. And that's the problem you get when somebody has not been a head coach and you get guys that you come in and interview. Um, you know, then you get a guy that you sit there and say, here's Mickey Loomis, and, you know, he's going to make the final decision. And when he interviews guy, well, what are your plans for quarterback? Well, coach, uh, he turns it back to Mickey and say, well, you're the general manager. Uh, if I give you my thoughts on who should be our quarterback or what should I go with the quarterback, are you going to back this? Are you going to go another way with this and say, well, you know, we, we're going to discuss it with our scouting department and this and that and everything. There's some holes that need to be filled here. Who's your quarterback? What about your receivers? How about your offensive line? Your defense is pretty solid. And big question, if I'm a coach coming in, how are you going to get under a $70 million salary cap? That's going to be a problem. See, I think a lot of people pay attention. You make you almost talked about it. Um, I just look at last year, this team got under it. Well, they also got to $111 They're going to jack up next year. Correct. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you can trim $111 yeah. It'd still be yeah, but the but you know as well as I do when they said they trimmed the they didn't just like get well, they rid- the can. They, I under- they, it's down the road, down right. and that's that's hundred percent. And, and at be, some point, know, you're gonna have to. It's like the, the right. deficit in the government. You know, just kick it down the road, kick <laughs> it down the road. We'll get you that sooner or later. No, you yeah. can't. It's not another zero. Yeah, so yeah. At yeah. another comma, that's all they call it. Um, so anyway. We'll sort of see how that goes here a bit. Today on the show, got Leo coming up at two thirty. Gronkowski, is he coming back? Where the Bucks go at quarterback? Uh, as it's now been a couple of days since Tom Brady decided to retire. John, when you think of Tom Brady, who exactly? You know oh. who that is exactly. Um, they showed him on a yacht earlier this week, throwing a pass to, to Beckham's son. son on a you know the soccer game. star, yeah, right. and. He threw a, a dime. The guy can still play. I did notice, though, on his left leg, there's a black neoprene sleeve that, you know, you normally would probably put on after a little cleanup, huh? a little cleanup procedure, a little something. Probably very common with football players. Ryan Ramchek had that um, last week or earlier this week, Jordan, I think is what you told me, that that happened as well for the Saints. But your thoughts on, on Tom and his career as a quarterback. I would have loved to have seen him go out maybe after you know being in a Super Bowl, but you know, what happened last uh last weekend and, and you know, he decided that was it. That's you know, that's a long time, twenty two years. Uh he's the GOAT, we all know that. I mean you can put Joe Montana in there as well. Uh this guy's done a lot for where he's been. But what he did to come from the New England Patriots and go one year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first time and then taking it into the Super Bowl and winning it. And then this year getting them back, you know, two games away from the Super Bowl. So look, he's got nothing else to prove. He's 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 done it all and you know, go off and enjoy your life and uh, do things for you now with your family and your wife. And look, the question now, like you said, what will Tampa Bay do? And I think this if Tampa Bay can talk to some of these veteran quarterbacks, say, listen, we'll keep this team together because the players that want to stay here I want to know who's going to be the quarterback before they start going somewhere else. If they come up with some names, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, that will definitely light up these players' eyes that say, well, hey, we will stay in Tampa. Maybe other people will go down there. So that's what Tampa has to do. They go out and get a young kid, a drafted guy, they're in for a long time because they'll lose players. So we'll we'll see what Leo has to say about where the Bucks are going to be. But but John, I've been saying this week, and you know me, I put eight and nine beginning of the season. I, I I'm not 
the black and gold Homer sort of. I try to look at things objectively. You talk about the 2022 sure. season. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, oh, well, I'm talking about the season that just the season passed. Just had, right, right. I, but, I'm the same way. Eight or okay. nine wins. Um, coming up this season, though. Again, understanding that I don't know who the starting quarterback is just yet, and that I don't know officially who the head coach is just yet. But this team has a couple of captains. Nick Underhill from New Orleans Football and Sean Fazan from Fox 8 yesterday, when we spoke to him, said, look, Michael Thomas, from everything that everyone is hearing, is all in next year. Obviously, for both sides, you need it to be. Um, but if he comes in, I go get a receiver in the draft or free agency, and there's a nice crop. Then Callaway, Deontay Harris, a nice package or third or fourth receivers. Mm-hmm. I'll figure out what I'm doing with my line here if I have to remove Ram check to left tackle or draft one or whatever with Armstead because I just don't see this team giving a big long-term deal to him. Pete will come back, whether he's the matador or not, he is your starting guard. You're hoping Ruiz can, you know, I know, but maybe you address that. But my, my point is, why not the Saints being the 2022 NFC South division champs? Oh, after the circumstances that's happening now, yeah. I mean, Carolina, Carolina has no idea. They got they got issue. They got yeah. a, they got a coaching problem there. And the Saints are more talented than Atlanta. Correct. And then Atlanta. I'm going to say this because I talked about it on another show um, during a week, a couple of weeks ago. Someone talked about. It. I said the team you got to fear right now is the Atlanta Falcons, only because of this reason. They have pretty solid coach. They do have some solid players. Pitts is is is, is a beast. We all know that. They've got players on that team in Atlanta. All about my uh, Ryan. If he comes back and they like him and he's playing, okay, that's the team you got. You got to fight it out with. Tampa Bay is going to have trouble with the quarterback scenario and might be losing some players. So why not the Saints? If the Saints can get a quarterback, if if it is Winston, he comes back and he's healthy. Uh, he's got to improve on you know his stats a little bit. Even though they say, well, he went like four and two or, or five and two, or whatever that. Right. That's great, but he had horrible stats. Mm-hmm. They got to improve on that. They got to improve on a receiving core. They got to improve on the offensive line. It's stuff that can be done. Uh, defensively, they keep that team solid defensive-wise and, and Dennis Allen back. Yes, I think the Saints can win the South. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, they're, they're very least in contention. Oh, I mean, yes. Because yeah, I mean, yesterday we're listening to Bart Scott and other national guys saying, if I'm a team, I'm calling the Saints for their veterans. They're going to complete rebuild and blow it up. I'm like, what are you no, talking about, no, man? I'm like, no. stop it. Uh, I keep going with the rule of odds, John. It's the rule of odds, the odds that – you're going to lose your starting quarterback again after he goes 5-2. and two. The odds that you're not going to have your coaching staff coach a game because of COVID. A game like the Dolphins where you play essentially the JV practice squad team. The odds that that happens again. The odds that your number one players in like five different areas don't play. On Yamada suspended for six games. Like the odds that all of that happens again. I just think are very low. Right, I agree with that. I don't think you all know, that. Now you're going to have something happen sure. next year. You might have, you know, another outbreak or something of that nature. Well, by the way, it got cured, right? Yeah, you notice no, that. Not a single player, right? staff member, or coach it's amazing. once the playoffs began ever tested positive Right, for they stopped the testing, and um, it's amazing. But yeah. uh, the next year, we'll have a, you won't have any issues no, for next no, year, no. so that, that can't be uh, – <laughs> you can't blame that next year when the Saints have a uh, – bring it up. A lot of people that, that use that philosophy don't know you forgot it if you don't go get tested. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, but, but anyway. But look, what you're yeah. saying is correct that – why not the Saints in yeah, the South? Not? I mean, we exactly. talk it differently uh, compared to other NFL, uh, NFC teams, but mm-hmm. in the South right now, you, it, who's going to be the, because it, it depends. Look, whoever your coach is going to be, that's going to draw players to. Sure. You. Okay. That's the big, and then you sit there and say, okay, do we go with Winston? That'll, that'll do one that you'll go one with that. Or, hey, Winston's not going to be our guy. We have, I mean, or Russell Wilson. God almighty, that lights up the the, the, the scoreboard yeah, there. So, but here's the thing that we just talked about. Sean Payton. Big time. Coming up next, Burrow, Johnny Burrow, Joe Burrow. Talk to them next. That is coming up on the Sports Hangover. Hudak, 1230, her observations. From the Senior Bowl, Rafael Esparza 115, the Graf 205, Marlin 215, Leo at 230. The Sports Hangover on ESPN Warriors. 
the new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online, online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will see king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Welcome back to The Sports Hangover. Question of the day. It's, it's, I guess it's a question. It's what are your thoughts on this Pelicans fan? <laughs> you guess it's a question. A few people sent this over to me this morning. And Anthony Davis to the LA Times last night after the Lakers lost about why he wants to win so badly right now. Mm-hmm. I just want to win. I've had seasons where I've lost a lot in yeah. New Orleans and weighed on me. And then I came here and I got spoiled. Oh. So give us your thoughts, Pelicans. Yeah. Well, what a shame. What a shame for sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, let me tell you this about Anthony Davis. Um, you're a mess, dude. <laughs> we'll have fun with that here as we move on, but. Let's bring in Jimmy Burrow and Johnny Burrow. John, two gentlemen you know very well here as well. Uh, guys, how y'all doing? Good afternoon. Thanks for uh, being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys, this is John. Uh, you know, Jim Burrow is the father of uh, a guy that's going to be uh, pretty important in about a week or so. Yeah, a little bit of a, a, a major issue coming this weekend. Jim Burrow was a... Uh, all-American, University of Nebraska. Call, uh, please hang up and try again if you need help. Anybody still there? Yeah, we got Jimmy, I think. Oh, oh Jimmy. Is this Jimmy? Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, Jimmy played at Nebraska, and when he left Nebraska, he was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, so this just kind of leads into his son, Joe. So this man right here was a college coach. Jimmy uh, coached at Ohio, and he left Ohio as a defensive coordinator. And I don't understand why he left, because, listen, to be able to follow your son and watch him play his yeah. college football is amazing. Jim, how are you feeling now that two years later your son's going to play in the Super Bowl? Well, it's, it's awesome, and I got to experience that whole uh, 15 games at LSU, and and uh, I'll be that'll be my 21st game this year to go to with the Bengals, which is all of them Joe played in, and uh, it's it's just an unbelievable, unreal journey, and uh, it continues. Well, I know I've seen I've seen uh, pictures of you. I've seen pictures of Johnny, and you know Johnny and I played together at uh, Ole Miss. Yep. And Johnny's a legend because uh, you know Herschel Walker dove over a goal line one time, and Johnny <laughs> hit him. And when Johnny hit him, he still scored a touchdown by standing up in front of Johnny. So we got a picture of that. But 
you know, when I see you guys there and, and you go travel off to game, William Day, another good friend of ours who, who yeah. played ball with us, he goes. And, and I see the excitement when I saw you guys, uh, and Chase's father, uh, last game, uh, his dad, Sorry? Jamar Chase's dad, you guys lighting up a cigar outside the stadium. It just goes because my nephew played with Chase and he was his quarterback in high school. So I have a little bit of connections with you guys. But t- talk really, you know, about, the desire that Joe, when he was at Ohio State, what? How did it turn about? All of a sudden, he goes to LSU, and once he hits LSU, he's now in the second season playing in the Super Bowl. Talk real quickly about how you got okay. him. Or the 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 the, the, the well, ways that y'all did it. We we uh, started talking about possible transfer in January, but he wanted to compete in spring ball uh, after spring practice. They wouldn't uh, really come out and say who was the starting quarterback, but in our minds we had a good feeling that, that it was uh, Dwayne Haskins. He'd come in at Michigan and, and won the game for him. So uh, Joe thought long and hard about it, didn't, didn't really want to leave his teammates at Ohio State, but uh, decided to transfer. Uh, I had been uh, reaching out to different, different colleges. Uh, LSU was one of them. And uh, Bill Bush, uh, I knew Bill and Dave Aranda. Uh, so – Coach O got involved, and and uh, there was a lot of schools. So you know the recruiting uh, uh, race start, started again. But once we got down there, and and Coach O took over the the uh, official visit. You know he's he's a, a great recruiter. Uh, Joe trusted him and what he was telling uh, uh, Joe, and and we trusted him as uh, uh, as parents. And that's why Joe ended up at LSU. Hey Johnny, I got a question for hey. you, my friend. I know you're sure, sitting there, you know, you're just the uncle like me. I go watch my nephew play. <laughs> and, you know, I, I go to the stadium and I, you know, I do everything. You play college football. We all know that. You, you, your brother played college football. What's it like being, I know you have a son that's a, an All-American baseball player at, at, at Virginia. This kid can play. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it and I've watched it. Johnny, when you go to these games and you travel around, how, how's it coming? I know you're not the dad, you're not Jimmy, but – but do you have any insight from the times you played college football and the things you've been through? Because I know you're 35 years of work in history and you're retired now. Tell everybody a little bit about what you feel from an uncle side of it when you go to the games. Well, John, just like, um, you know, unfortunately it feels like 40 years ago, every time uh, I walk into the stadium with Jimmy, I get uh, I feel like we did back when we played. The problem is, that uh, at 61 years old, um, I can only feel it. I can't. I can't perform it anymore. Um, we get excited. We're uh, very, very proud of Joe and and all of our uh, nephews and nieces uh, that have excelled on the athletic field. Um, you know, Jimmy. It was funny when we were in Baltimore just a few weeks ago or a month ago. Uh, you know, Jimmy and Robin fairly cool on the sidelines watching the ball game, but Uncle Johnny gets up and <laughs> kind of gets excited and starts throwing the hands up and enjoying the uh, um, everything that's going into the stadium. So it's fun. It's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's just incredible, the whole story behind Joe and where he is and uh, what we're about to witness next Sunday. Question for both of you guys. NFL mic'd up just was just released yesterday in the both NFC and AFC conference championship games. When I was watching the N- the AFC championship game, uh, a few of the players like uh, Tyron Matthew were saying, "Hey, you got to watch out for this guy." Goes to one two and he and he just picks his his spots. And when they the the Bengals intercepted the football and going to tie the game, Joe goes into the huddle and says, "All right, when we score." We're going for two. It's it's just that confidence and that and that swagger. Did he learn it from both of you guys? Where do you learn to just you know well, have that? Confidence I don't know. In I mean, he's, he's just always been confident. Uh, you know, he he's played a lot of uh, uh, sports uh, growing up, and and I think all of those uh, uh, kind of worked himself into to loving the competition and and uh, being confident and and also confident. And his teammates, he's, he's been real fortunate at LSU uh, to have great teammates. In high school, he had great teammates. And so that adds to it. But uh, he knows uh, what it takes to get get things done. And I'm sure in his mind, there was no doubt 
that they were going to go down, and he was just uh, one step ahead of everybody telling them he was going for two. You know, one of the things that I find interesting, too, is, Jimmy, the, the, the culture, right? And getting people to sort of believe like you're talking about, and Jordan just brought up the confidence. Because I mean, you hear the other teammates talk about that as well. There was a video of other Bengal teammates, not Joe, but right before they took to the field to the Titans, you know, kind of saying, this is our time, we're supposed to be here. And, and that's not easy to do. I mean, we're looking at a basketball team in New Orleans, and now the Saints moving forward, who's in charge, who's the culture and captains and things of that nature. Was there ever discussion, or, or what were those discussions early like when he first got to Cincinnati? Because here's an organization that hadn't been winning, and literally two years ago won two games. How how do you go about, I guess, changing that culture and, and making it to where they do believe they belong? Well, I think that's that's uh, you know kind of a definition of leadership. And Joe's already always been a a good leader. He he looked at that whole thing as a challenge. He wanted to be drafted uh, by the Bengals close to home, and uh, you know there's a uh, to be, to be a good leader, I mean, you, you, you got to raise everybody's level of, of expectations and their level of play and, uh, really, uh, uh, get, get people all on board. And, and Joe, he's not a big, uh, yell guy, scream guy, but I, I think just his, you mentioned his confidence and, and, uh, his, his ability to work hard and to believe, uh, rubs off on, on his teammates and certainly, Zach Taylor has has been a big part of that, instilling a confidence in in that whole team. And and uh, but changing the culture is hard, but they they've been able to do it, and that's that's why they're in the Super Bowl. Hey Johnny, my question to you is: uh, Are you Joe's fashion designer guy? Uh, does, does he have the starter <laughs> kit for Mister T? Is he going to wear all the the jewelry and the stuff of that nature? Uh, we're just I do like here. The it is pretty cool. He look. It, it, they call him Broadway Joe in a way, but uh, as long as you don't predict anything before the game, uh, you know, just uh, how are you guys adapted to the the sunglasses and the cool? I, I, we think it's great and we loving it. So from a standpoint of being an uncle and a, and a daddy, how, how are you guys uh, loving this? Uh, this fashion and the, uh, and the cigars and the cigar yeah <laughs> are they cuban cigars <laughs> and, well i tell you john when when i see them uh uh vicky uh, my wife always looks to see what joe's uh, wearing before uh the game and uh she'll run in and say look look what he's got on today look at his glasses <laughs> look at this but uh you know that's joe and uh he, he brings his own style and uh, you know, I'm a blue jeans t-shirt kind of guy, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think he looks cool, and uh, I, I think that carries on to the football field. Well, that's it's probably really big, probably right? something. You know, yeah. I I probably it, it wouldn't be something that I choose, uh, <laughs> or, or neither would Johnny. But as long as he uh, feels good, I think again it helps him uh, be confident in in uh, in whatever he wears and and. Uh, as long as he's having fun with it, feels it. good. We're good to go. Uh, it almost does come across like it's almost a way for them to just kind just of relax, to relax and, and have fun with it. You know, John, we were at Ole Miss. We were relaxing, having fun with all the all the odds and things that we got back then too. Yeah, right. Can we tell those stories? Yeah. No, we can't. Can yeah, we, John? No. Um, John, I was at I was actually at the, one of your egg bowls. I'm not sure which one to watch uh, you guys play, and uh, uh, Johnny was was there and and i was i think i was playing in canada but i got a chance to come back and uh i i saw you play one of the best games as a quarterback i'd ever seen johnny could probably tell you exactly which one that was but uh very impressive many years ago when i saw you beat the bulldogs oh i appreciate it look times have changed if i was in the offense that joe's been in when he was in college uh, things i might still be playing i might be passing up uh you know, tom brady's 20 something years but i uh, appreciate it Jimmy. that's right so which one of you guys, Jimmy Burrow or Johnny Burrow, will be more nervous next weekend? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, it's a it's a family affair. So, uh, you know, we're all kind of uh, locked into this, this journey, and mm-hmm. we know how how important that, that last uh, stop in the journey would be. So uh, uh, I don't know. We'll find a tailgate and try to calm our nerves. <laughs> there but, we go. Uh, uh, <laughs> pretty much both of us will be nervous, I'm sure. 
I just, I just told somebody this morning that the excitement and the anticipation uh, already equals uh, sleepless nights because I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll turn on one of the sports channels here and I'll see the buildup coming and then I'm done till I get up and go to work. I, I just, <laughs> it's just right. exciting. It's right. exciting. I'll answer the question. Your wife will be just going to be pulling hair and going crazy, probably slapping everybody around the head. I know you two wives out there. They're sports oriented. And they're they're behind it. They're big fans. But guys, we appreciate you guys coming on, and we want to say best of luck to Joe. We're pulling for Joe. Johnny's great. Always chatting with you, Jimmy. It's been a while. Uh, best of luck to Joe, Johnny. Best of luck to Joe and you guys. So enjoy your trip. Be safe and bring that trophy back home. All right. Thank you. Okay. John. Go Bengals. There you go. Thanks, John. And Thank go Tigers and Bengals. <laughs> there you go. John, can you say who day? Who, who day? Who day? Who day? I mean, who I day? Say, we used to saying who that. Let's just say who day, right? Our thanks to Johnny and Jimmy Burrow for stopping by there and just chatting about it. It's still, it's got to be surreal. Though. It's got to be surreal. Like it, you know, it went fast. I mean, I, yeah, we probably could have sat here for for a whole hour and just picked their, their mind to talk about things, but about him being able to get in this game. I tried to get him on, but uh, they, he was practicing today, so you know, I tried to get Joe. And yeah. uh, there we go. Johnny asked about that, and uh, you know, I would love to have Joe on here, but I understand the circumstance. But look, this big, it's amazing how it, it's a week outside and just the things that are building up from here on yep. in. And they don't get to Tuesday now, not tomorrow. Yep, no doubt. Um, we will speak with Huda. She's been in Mobile all week for the Senior Bowl. Her thoughts on the quarterbacks, John. All the big quarterback names were there, uh, other than Matt Corral, which you can give me some tidbits on. So let's talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on a computer and countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs you can apply for with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers. So you stand out. Job seekers, feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com. It's Tango Day, everybody. Follow after me and step and bet and slide and dip. That's Tango. Why is Ice-T leading our Tango class? It's probably the heart-shaped Honey Nut Cheerios. He found out they can help lower cholesterol. Now he's having fun taking care of his heart in all sorts of new ways. Let's see those hips move, people. Hurry and get your heart-shaped Cheerios. They're only here for a limited time. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Tom Brady announced on Instagram that he's officially retiring from the NFL. I'm not one that says he's the greatest of all time and this, that, and the other, because I enjoy Montana. I enjoy Brady. I, I don't get caught up in he's better than him. Why not just enjoy the, the beauty of what he has accomplished in those 22 years and say that we witnessed it? GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You know, obviously we bring in this Matty Hudak to get information. Matty, I also feel, though, like I can just look at your Twitter backdrop photo. What is that? Is that Hawaii? I mean, that is so beautiful. It's so calming and relaxing. Yeah, believe me. It's close. It's it's Cape Town, South Africa, but Hawaii is close close second. 
Yeah, I mean it's it, it it soothes me. It's almost like you know I entered the spa. You know, I mean, and, and, and as you know, Maddie, <laughs> some days I sort of need that exactly. You kind of look like West Wego with the old fairy. Oh, no, that is, that is not no. the West Bank. That is for sure. <laughs> At Maddie Hudak <laughs> underscore ninety four is the way to follow on Twitter. And it's not Mobile, but it was a nice place this week. Obviously, the world of the NFL was there to see a bunch of really good seniors in in college and also talk shop and jobs, Maddie. Let's start there. The Jags last night made it official. Doug Peterson, who interviewed with the Saints on Sunday, their new head coach. So that candidate is off the table. What did you sort of get in talking with people, hearing what Mickey had to say on Wednesday as to where you think the Saints are going? Well, I I think the most recent call that they've made to Eric Bieniemy is kind of the most telling to me. Uh, that, that to me kind of seems like the, the paramount higher. Uh, what stuck out to me so far, uh, and, you know, through Mickey Loomis's comments is just, you know, the due diligence that they're really taking here. Uh, they are in, you know, a unique position, uh, compared to people who let their coaches go, uh, earlier on. And there's kind of that, you know, franticism trying to scoop someone up before they get hired elsewhere. But right. they're, you know, one of, I believe, two or three destinations left. And the one that is paramount in terms of organizational function and culture that's set up for success. So looking at that and then looking at their kind of primary question that Mickey Loomis had said, you know, who's the quarterback basically? Uh, and so with that angle in mind, I think there's one coach out of all of those that, you know, puts people like uh, Russell Wilson back on the table and that's Eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think they've called in a lot of defensive-minded people, and you know, I, I'm a, a big proponent of defense. But you know, Sean Payton was this you know offensive creative genius. Pete Carmichael is still there, but you know, to lose that kind of brainchild, uh, you know, at, at the top of everything, and then kind of lean into this defensive identity, uh, I, I think that uh, someone like Eric Bieniemy gives you that, per, like, you know, Russell Wilson back on the table. I know a lot of people will say that, you know, how many, how much play calling duties has he had in Kansas City? Um, you know, that, that doesn't have to be something that needs to be, to me, on the table in year one. Uh, I think it's something where Pete Carmichael, who they did try to interview, and he <laughs> pretty much said, no, thanks, I'm good. Uh, you know, he's perfectly capable of uh, uh, play calling. Ross Jackson brought up on his show how, you know, he had called, uh, the game after Sean Payton hurt his ACL in 2011, and they beat the Colts like 63 to seven or something. So, it, mm-hmm. to me, if they're able to get a top caliber quarterback between those three brains, you know that that should be self-operative at that point, and, and that really would be kind of where I'm leading at this point. Although I think that they brought in quality and, and thoughtful candidates, that I think you could make an argument for almost every single one. That is an interesting point you bring up because a lot with the Eric B. Enemy thing has been just how much play calling does he sort of have? Here's what's interesting. Kevin O'Donnell will be the Vikings, right? Um, mm-hmm. head coach. He's the Rams play caller. We all know it's McVay, right? Right. I mean, um, you, you have at least I mean, Nathaniel Hackett. I, I thought it was LaFleur that called the plays in Green Bay. He's yeah, the offensive well. coordinator. Well, he's a head coach. So, Maddie, you keep looking at it, and, you know, there's a lot of reports right now that San Francisco's offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, might be the head coach over at the Dolphins. We know it's Kyle Shanahan. That would be three teams that are hiring offensive coordinators whose head coaches are known as the offensive geniuses behind their offenses. So, to your point, Maddie, maybe that could be. Uh, I guess, a trend of what we're seeing this year. I mean, literally three other teams have hired offensive coordinators that we don't associate with their offenses, right? Yeah, no, that it's a great point. And, and just to say, you know, those those organizations are in a completely different place than New Orleans is, where, you know, the house isn't on fire. It's just that the, you know, the guy that had the keys decided that it was his time and he left his building in a good place for someone to kind of come in and perpetuate uh, to me, that's really the difference between those other coaching jobs, but especially on your point that there have now been multiple hires where they haven't had those duties. And, you know, we know that there's someone in the building in Pete Carmichael that's more than capable of taking those reins, that they have Jeff Ireland who can handle the personnel side for things. 
Mickey Loomis can really, you know, kind of take uh, more. Uh, he's clearly, you know, taking very meticulous approach to this coaching search. Uh, I just feel like no matter who it ends up being, they're going to be in good hands just based on how this process has unfolded. Maddie, you are in Mobile, obviously. Let's just talk about more about the quarterback situation for the Saints. Let's say that the only thing the Saints could do is draft a quarterback. You can't get, you can't re-sign Jameis Winston. Can't and you do. can't go Gotta after go with the draft. any okay. other guys. You have to go with the draft. Are you concerned or not concerned from what you saw this week, and why? Uh, I, I guess your concern would depend on whether or not you would take one of these quarterbacks at eighteen and. I, I don't know if that would be my answer at this point. Uh, mm. What I saw is, is is developmental prospects in, in Mobile. There's no uh, polished product. There's no you know blue chip quarterback this year. A lot of them have their ups and downs. All of them were shaky in one aspect or another. I, I, I just say you know from an eye check perspective, the first day of practice was really the most valuable because the, the weather was uh, you know conducive to actually practicing football. The second day was, sure. you know, a torrential downpour where you could barely see. And then the third day, you know, was inside, and most media wasn't available to go inside, but that also makes a big difference when quarterbacks are throwing inside, especially when a lot of them did not fare very well in the in the rain. Um, probably the top for me would be Malik Willis. Uh, I think that what sticks out the most about him is his coachability. He really reminds me kind of, of, you know, the raw Josh Allen type of prospect when he was coming out of Wyoming um, and, you know, the mechanics and the approach that they took to retooling him. But his, you know, escapability, his arm talent, which was shown off in the rain, every quarterback has been off one day or another or most days, if not all. And he, to me, seemed to be the most coachable prospect. And then Kenny Pickett, I will say, if you're looking at, you know, those kind of intangible traits and those leadership qualities, he really stuck out to me as kind of having that moxie every single day, really taking control of the huddle, calling over receivers, and, and just looking like he was kind of taking, you know, command and poise. And then in comparison, you know, he would be working out with Carson Strong and Desmond Ritter, and neither of them had that same presence. And they had the same kind of inaccuracy issues one day or another, but they were kind of missing that, you know, leadership qualities and those traits that you'd want to see under center, especially, you know, in a showcase example like this, taking that extra time, doing those extra reps, kind of sticking out besides what's on the field, very much like, you know, players at the Saints training camp this offseason who would be kind of doing their own work off to the side. That's really what I was looking for in these prospects. And, that, you know, if nothing else is what stuck out to me about Kenny Pickett. But at 18, it, it would, I, well, he's been in the gloves. So, we, you know, <laughs> the great mystery. But we'll see how his double-jointed thumbs uh, fare at the combine, apparently. Uh, he might be doing some uh, Michael Thomas hand yoga, which, to be fair, did grow him, you know, one and a quarter half, uh, inches on his hands. So, Hey, hey, Maddie, John here. Um, you know, I played in the senior bowl, so I know what they go through down there. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing like when they go to the combine. So, my my contacts, people I spoke to in in the in the the field that's out there watching, uh, who specifically talked about the quarterbacks. Um, none of them really stand off. They right. say they said they all got yeah. their own little deals. Some got hands small. Some can't even get the snap from under the center. No. Uh, that's a big that's a big issue. Some have strong arms. Some's got accuracy problems. So they all got their faults. We understand that. But do you go and say, oh, 18th pick, I'm going to take a guy who's probably two or three years maybe developing away from it? I, I don't see that happening. None of these guys really mm-hmm. stand out. Now, what I say is this, is when they get to the combines, a little bit differently because you got a little more um, – alone time with them here you don't really have a lot of alone time there's a lot to work out when you get to the combines compared to the senior bowl because the senior bowl you're basically getting ready to play a football game tomorrow and these guys are just you know they want to see them that way so to what i'm hearing is none of the quarterbacks have stood out one's better than the other they're all got their they're all probably grouped up you throw them all you know like a like a like jacks in a box you throw them in a corner they're all yeah. going to roll over they're all going to be there so I don't think there's anyone standing out from what I'm hearing. Uh, they all got their faults. They all got their, you know, their due diligence and done very well. But then they all got issues. So, 
That being said, with the New Orleans Saints, like you said, it's going to be hard for me to look at an 18th pick overall with this group of quarterbacks. Yeah, I just looking at the other talent that's been here, for example, uh, two wide receivers that have stuck out, Christian Watson and, and really Braylon Sanders, who was a late addition from Ole Miss. Uh, some of the running backs, Zion Johnston, um, who is he was a guard slash tackle that really stuck out power-wise. It, it's exactly that when you get to 18 and, and thinking about who could be available there. Um, you know, And I know we don't really know what the Saints draft approach exactly will be now that you know, Peyton's not there, but Jeff Ireland is still there, and it's always been the best player available for this team and not the best player available based on need. And so for that reason, uh, I think getting to 18, seeing one of these quarterbacks will not be the best player available. But you do bring up a good point in that it was very obvious the first day that they're throwing to strange receivers or trying to snap a ball from a center they've never worked with, and then the rain day was just entirely a wash. So it is, it is possible one of them could have, you know, a, a nightlight type of combine and, and rise their stock a little, but to me, not enough to ignore, you know, the work that I saw at several other positions this week. Maddie, I think what's going to be interesting also as well, we got time. We got, you know, most of this month and then obviously March with free agency and see where that goes. And once we get to the draft too, what teams reach? And I don't even know if, if the word would be reach, but a couple of weeks ago when the season came to a conclusion, you had Todd McShay and um, ML Kuyper say that they, you know, they thought it well that they weren't, that quarterbacks were not going to be in the top 10, you know, 12 might be mm-hmm. the earliest, but Maddie, as you know, that day comes in and you are a quarterback needy team. You wonder if they go out there and reach, and I'm specifically looking at Texans at three. You're looking at after that, the Panthers at six. Then you got the Falcons at eight. The Broncos, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers at nine, do they go there? Washington at 11 needs a quarterback. Like there's some teams that you can make a case and argument. Maybe, maybe they take that reach at one of those quarterbacks, huh? I suppose, but uh, it's just. I think you're right in that there might be a little panic. And I think it could be one of those things that once one gets picked, it's a quick snowball from there, which, you know, kind of tends to happen position-wise. But I think this year specifically with no one, like, really, like you said, identifying that that top prospect. And to me, it's always a domino effect in the draft that once that first quarterback goes, then now it's the second-best quarterback out of this kind of muddied group. So at that point, do you reach and get the second-best one just to get yourself a quarterback? Um, wouldn't probably be my approach as a GM, but you know when you bring up the Panthers and how they've handled the quarterback situation this uh, past year, um, you know, probably why not for them at this point in their room of you know Sam Darnold and, and Cam Newton and a complete mess of, of draft picks and and you know contracts tied up and just mismanagement of that role all season. Maddie, as always, a pleasure and appreciate the time. And, um, you know, we'll see as, as we get closer to eventually finding out who the head coach of the New Orleans Saints will be. You made it a nice, I guess, point and case here that maybe Eric Bianami, again, you, you look at these teams that are hiring offensive coordinators from other teams that have good offenses, but their head coaches are the play callers. So we'll see what it is. At the end of the day, if I had a gift card for you that I would give you if you had it right. Who would you then now wager as the head coach for the Saints? You'll never and we'll get be? that gift card either. Well, no, of course you won't. It, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dennis Allen gets named after all of this, but I, I okay. personally think that Eric Bieniemy was the one that they were waiting on, and okay. he, to me, is it's the offensive mind that this team, you know, really could benefit from. All right. Maddie Hudak, as always, appreciate the time, Maddie. Thank you, guys. Have a good Friday. For sure. You too. Have a good weekend. At Maddie Hudak underscore 94. Quick break where you come back. We'll open up the phone lines uh, to your phone calls if you'd like to chime into the conversation. Coming up in the 1 o'clock hour, Rafael Esparza. That's it. So lots of time to chit-chat and uh, get your opinions as well. And Jordan wants to rehash that question of the day. <laughs> Next. I'm a bird. I'm a bird. My 
Hey, hey, my friends, it's Dana DeFran Frilo here. Just wanted to reach out to you that I and Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet from Etel Business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm with these great rates? The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today. 985-632-0988. Six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three. Gus Kattengau, Jordan Kleber, John Forcade in studio this afternoon. Hope everybody is doing well. At least the rain. That was just nasty yesterday and all night, man. It was just all over. And I walked the dog twice freezing. last night. Oh, you did? 2.45 and 5 a.m. And it was raining with the window. wind and cold. I was in shorts and a t-shirt yesterday all afternoon. I was too, yeah. After 6 o'clock, I'm mm-hmm. like, what the heck? Yep. I um I saw that one little like circle window in between the green. I'm like, come on. Come on, McQueen. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, this is not the slow one. This is a short walk. And mm-hmm. we, uh, we were able to beat it a little bit. But anyway... Cold today. Uh, it's going to warm up slightly tomorrow the weekend, but all next week's going to be in the 30s and 40s. So winter is here to stay. You want to touch on this question of the day for sure because you're again. Um, well, it, it, it's it's one that that Jordan really likes. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. So this was tweeted a couple hours ago. I got <laughs> uh-huh. sent to me. Anthony Davis to L.A. Times last yeah. night after the Lakers lost about why he wants to win so badly yeah. right now. He says, I just want to win. I've had seasons where I've lost a lot in New Orleans, and it weighed on me. And then I came here, and I got spoiled. So I just simply quote tweeted, what are your thoughts on this, Pelicans fans? And we have a few responses over on Twitter. Um, I think AD is a soft player, and I thank God every day for Brandon Ingram. Hmm. Um, Kenny, he has a Mickey Mouse title. (laughs) Trip. He must be talking about the 2020 COVID championship. LM or AO, <laughs> what a joke. Um Yeah, he uh he had a shot there at the end, couldn't get it to go down. As uh that was a wild finish. It really honestly was. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, man. I, I got the ball and the lane was open and I just watched it like seven times. And you know, Terrence Mann didn't know you know who to guard. Reggie was screaming, like, who got ball? Because he had Austin in the corner. Serge and, and Marcus was a weak side. And so I saw a lane. And, I mean, the ball touched every part of the rim. They can't ask for a better look. Um, what a Malik shit. was trailing. Oh, well. By that time, I was already into, into the shot. So, haunting I mean, him, by the way. You noticed that, huh? John, it's haunting Tough him. play, tough miss. <laughs> You know, frustration just from the miss and then, oh. you know, losing this one. Oh, I know. But so I said, guys fall hard. Yeah. We battle. I said, down 17, come back and fight, make some <laughs> big, 
down 17. It's incredible, huh? That team's in a lot of trouble. They got they got issues. <laughs> the, the, the Westbrook and then LeBron getting hurt. I mean, uh, who what is it this week and who is it this? Oh, week? it's always somebody's it's fault. It's exactly, also, right, it's yeah. everything else. Um, and Travis, that was for you. I just in case you missed last night. I think Travis has changed his way. You think? Though. You think? Tra- well, Travis did go to Pelicans game, right? He did last and weekend, he and he said he had a good with time. Pierre. Um, John. One of the things that happened, obviously, Wednesday with NIL, name, image, and likeness, and the signing day and all that stuff, um, th- there was a tight end that went to A&M that was shown dancing with Brian Kelly, mm-hmm. 8 million views, looked good, decided to go with the Aggies. The dancing, apparently, is something that has been talked about nationally, screaming A. I'm going to give Brian Kelly an A for effort. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine Nick Saban and others doing so. I get all that. But in the same breath, here's the deal. I'm going to give him an A for effort. Where I'm going where, where to knock him is that you didn't seal the deal. The brother <laughs> left and went down. Now, if the, bro- <laughs> if the brother had signed on the dotted line and he said, Coach, you know, do this, this, do this TikTok for me. It ain't bad showing you got some personality. Maybe I don't mind because I watch Ted Lasso, right. which is hilarious. You know what I'm saying? And I see some <laughs> yeah. of his dances. Tied in Danny Lewis. Decided to go It's all about elsewhere. the dollars. We all know what to come down to. Now, Marcus Spears had this to say. This is where you spend like an hour and a half club dancing with the girl, <laughs> and she walk out with another dog. I know. <laughs> and she leaves. Exactly. 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 But I'm not going to kill him, guys, even though there was, there was a lack oh, of rhythm. I like it. He's, he's having oh. fun. It's, 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 it's today's age, though, yeah, John. You just, you oh, just totally gonna, different now. You, you have to you, go yeah, out there. It's all about it. the players now, and, yeah. you know, whatever they want to do. And you, you as a coach has got to bow down <laughs> no. to them. Uh, but, but we all know what transpired now with this NIL league, uh, NIL rule. Uh, it's going to ruin college football. It has already, and it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll see what happens moving forward. What you got? Yeah, two minutes ago, Ian Rapp report: the Dolphins will have their finalists in today and tomorrow. Their finalists? like Yeah, like, their finalists. So okay. Dolphins to interview 49ers offensive coach Mike McDaniel today okay. and Cowboys offensive coach Kellen Moore Tomorrow. Okay, so, so head coach I, I'm just going to bring this up, though. This is why a lot of people do get it. I mean, like, I'm just, I'm just. <sighs> Kellen Moore. Yeah, what, I'm going like, to say the same thing. I get it. Kellen Moore. Okay, well, literally Jerry Jones went off the rails on how they don't use the receivers properly. Kellen Moore. Maybe they want to get him out of Dallas. You talked about Mike McDaniels. Look, you, you heard me mention it with, with Matty Hudak. Like, I. Where's my list? All right, there it is. Um, who thinks of Nathaniel Hackett? I've never. When you think of the Packers. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers spoke incredibly highly of him. There's a video of him at practice. You see that energy, but he's a coach. But again, I'm talking about game day play calling. It's LaFleur. You see him with the right. sheet, right? I mean, you do, right? Got a head coaching gig. Kevin O'Donnell. Who thinks of him when you think of the Los Angeles Rams? It's pretty boy McVay, mm-hmm. right? Am I lying? No, you're right. Now, his coaching tree is pretty impressive, by the yeah, way. I, know. I saw that. I saw <laughs> Essentially, that. if you if you join his staff, you become a head coach in your 30s. It is, it's incredible to me, though. Well, that's what the NFL is going to, younger guys. And that's what I was going to get at. You know, they're going to fresh, young faces that – But is that the right call we won't know. Look, for a lot of these teams? Can I say this to you? When, sure. When, when Matt LaFleur took the, the Packers, I heard some things about him, too. Like, oh, he got, he's done, look what he's done to pack. Look what Sean McVay has done with the Rams. Mm-hmm. You have to get there first to find out. Now, you can fall flat on your face and say, I told you so, but you got to give him a shot at it. Even with Brian Flores, he went to, to uh, the Miami Dolphins. Great, he had a, some good teams, but it was other stuff that, that cost him his but, job. Wasn't but, on the field. But can you fault him? Because now you have two coaches for the first time, I th- believe, ever that are under 40 in Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay facing off in a Super Bowl. So something must be so going you're right. saying it, the gamble is worth it. Yeah, look at Zach Taylor. Well, not – sorry, Kyle, Kyle – yeah. apologies. I, I meant 
the two head coaches, Bengals and right. You meant Zach, Zach Taylor, Taylor, Zach Taylor, and, and yeah. Sean McVay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's come to that. It's come. It's we have to. We're from old schools. I mean, we can go back. You know, the the, the Dick is not coming around. The Parcells is not coming around. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's not. You know, Bill Parcells is on his way out. So it's 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 turned to look who got the job in Denver. I mean, excuse me in. Uh, um, Oakland, or Vegas, I should say. Yeah, Josh McDaniels. Okay, he's still yeah. a young cat. You know, he's getting his second shot at it. But that's what they're looking for, the young, aggressive offensive court. Now, with all that being said, you can still get fired in a couple of seasons now. If you, if you go up there and put two wins on the board or three wins on the board, you're gone. All right, well, let's discuss this as we uh, wrap up hour number one. And hour number two, we'll, we'll touch on this here. Only at Rafael Esparza. I want to get your, your takes here as well, Saints fans, as – Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported the Saints are trying, well, they, they want to interview Eric Bieniemy as early as tomorrow, as Saturday. You heard Maddie's stance on it, and we just went over the fact that some of these teams, Jordan, have hired quote-unquote offensive coordinators who a lot of people probably assume aren't calling every play in the game. So let's discuss that, Saints fans. Would you want Bieniemy or Dennis Allen? That, to me, seems where it's at right now. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New York. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Small businesses are the backbone of America. 